just in case you guys missed it, uh, last week we started a series called The Joy of Generosity. Can you say the joy of generosity? The joy of generosity. And we talked last week about how God's grace, praise the Lord, are you thankful for God's grace this morning? God's grace results in our joy, which results in generosity. It's like a step by step. Like God's grace turns into the supernatural joy that turns into generosity. And we talked last week about how how Paul, he was, he was writing the church in Corinth, and he was using some churches in Macedonia that had gone through some extreme trials and tribulations. In fact, he said, um, you, have, you have been through severe trials, and you are in extreme poverty. He's talking about these churches, and he's trying to encourage the church in Corinth through um, what he saw there. And so... Um, Paul was on his third missionary journey, and essentially the, the, the context of the passage, we're going to be reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 today, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But Paul was on his uh, third missionary journey, and he was collecting an offering for the church in Jerusalem in order to bless them. Again, we're talking about the joy of generosity. And we can see in Acts chapter 11 kind of the context of what had been happening. It says in Acts chapter 11, to, again, to kind of give you a context of what was happening in Corinthians During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. And the disciples, as each one was able, decided to to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. And so they did this, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So it kind of appears from the, 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 the text that, that Corinth wasn't necessarily doing their part. They had, been, they had promised help, and they hadn't kept their promise. And so the, the church itself was dealing with a lot of different issues. They were, in fact, if you look at uh, 1 Corinthians, you can see that the church was uh, dealing with division. They were dealing with adultery unchecked. They were uh, dealing with abusive spiritual gifts in the church. They were dealing with spiritual immaturity. And um, I don't know, I think you can see through, throughout the text that when a church is not a spiritual church, it's not a generous church. And so this church in Corinth was neither spiritual nor generous. And so really Paul takes two entire chapters of um, uh, 2 Corinthians to speak specifically about finances and to speak specifically about money. And I know what you guys are thinking, you're like, oh my goodness, here we go again. Here, you know, we're going to be talking about money, and this is such a typical American church, and all these American churches are hungry and greedy, and, um, you know, all these crazy whatever. And I, I think because of certain televangelists and because people abuse the pulpit, we, we often stray away from this issue. We often stray away from talking about finances. It's kind of like a touchy subject in church. But I don't know if you guys realize this. Did you, did you guys know that, that God has a plan for your resources? You know, he has a plan for your resources and God has a plan for your money. I hate to say it, but and actually, let me, let me rephrase it like this. Um, did you know that God has a plan for his resources and his money that he has stewarded to you? Did you know that God has a plan for his resources and his money that he has stewarded to you? We're merely stewards of the gift. In fact, earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says that we are stewards of the blessing. Do, do you guys have any blessings this morning? We are stewards 
of God's blessings. Amen. I mean, that's something that I think we can get excited about this morning. You know, that we are stewards of the blessing. I think sometimes we think that, that, that what we have is ours, and this is mine, and this isn't yours, and this is mine, and this is, this is, like, this is my pulpit, so don't touch it. This is my church, so don't touch it. These are my pews. Paul, you're sitting in my pew, so get out of it. Like, like we, we think that these things are ours, but did you know in Scripture it says that the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. It says that the world and those who live therein. You think about that. That kind of encompasses everything, doesn't it? I mean, it it encompasses everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, uh, the world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Kind of a powerful passage of scripture there. And so so Paul is saying, listen, church, you, you you, you, you haven't given like you said that you have, and I'm going to send some brothers, if you look again at the earlier part of Second Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to send some brothers to pick up the gift, to pick up the blessing. And so this is where we pick up in Second Corinthians chapter 9. I'm just, going to, I'm just going to read verses 6 through 11, where it says, The point is this. He said, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his own heart and not reluctantly or under compulsion. For the Lord loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make, this is like a, this is like a great verse to put on your, on your fridge. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's good, isn't it? As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Father, I just again pray that you will minister to us this morning and speak to us this morning. I know this is kind of maybe a, a touchy subject for some people, Father, but I, I pray that you'll give me the, just the, the power of your spirit this morning and that I'll, I'll just be able to speak your truth, Father. I pray that I'll be able to speak it with confidence and with um, power and conviction, Father. And I pray that when your word is spoken, that you'll use the word that was spoken and that you'll touch hearts and that you'll touch minds, Father. And I just pray that maybe some people put up some, some, some hedges up just because of hearing the word money in church. And Father, I just pray that you'll tear that down and that, that, that they will be able to hear what you have to say to them this morning, Father. I pray that you'll minister this morning in, in spirit and in truth, Father. I pray that you will be magnified and that you will be glorified, Father. We ask these things in your holy name. We ask these things in your holy name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Are you guys with me this morning? Amen. Are you guys with me this morning? Amen. Okay, so here we go. And so, um, so Paul, speaking to the church, he's talking to them. He's like, listen, you've promised this gift. You've promised this financial gift, and you haven't given it. So now I'm going to send my brothers to you, and they're going to collect the gift. Greek word there is blessing. They're going to collect the blessing. And so he goes on to say to them in verse 9, he says, The point of this is whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, 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 now what Paul is doing here is he is speaking of not only a natural principle, 
but he's also speaking of a kingdom principle. He's speaking of a, of a natural principle, but he's also speaking of a kingdom principle. He's saying, listen, church, I need you to be generous. I don't, I don't want you to be lacking in generosity, but I want you to be overflowing in generosity. And so I, 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 I need you to be generous. And he's, again, he's laying forth a principle that's both natural, and he's laying forth a principle that is a kingdom principle as well. How many of you guys know that where you plant your seeds is where and where you invest your resources and where you spend your time and where you use your talents, that's where you're going to reap the harvest, right? Like where you, where, where you invest your resources, where you plant your seeds, where you spend your time, where you use your talents, that's where you're going to reap the harvest. And also, those are the things that are important to you. Do you agree with me? Where you spend your time, where you spend your resources, where you plant your seeds is where you're going to reap your harvest. Also, what you plant is what you reap. Did you realize that this morning? What you plant, what are you spending your efforts on? What are you spending your talents on? What are you using your resources on? What are you using your your time on? Uh, If you look at your bank account, what are you spending your money on? Where you plant your seeds is where you're going to reap your harvest. And what you plant is what you're going to reap. And also, it's interesting too, I believe that also how much you plant has a direct correlation to how much you're going to harvest. How much you plant has a direct correlation to how much you're going to harvest and how much you're going to reap. And if you're someone that's only scattering a few seeds, your harvest will be lacking. This is not only a natural principle, but this is also a kingdom principle. The more seeds, the more time, the more resources you use, the more opportunity you have for a harvest. And the timing of a harvest and the quality of the harvest sometimes frustrates me. You know, because sometimes you plant the seeds. You're like, hey, I, I've, I've been maybe planting in the right spot. I've been maybe doing the right thing. And you don't necessarily see a harvest at the right time. You're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. And sometimes you plant and you don't experience as much of a harvest. But I think in Scripture you can see that if you remain faithful... In fact, it says this in Scripture, you will reap a harvest at the proper time. So some some of you guys have been being generous with your resources. You've been being generous with your time. You've been being generous generous in your relationships. You've been being generous with your money. And you're like, I just don't see. But I want to encourage you through Scripture that it says in Scripture that at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up, and that God is calling each and every one of us to be faithful. He's calling us to be faithful with our time. He's calling us to be faithful with our resources. He's calling us to be faithful with our talents. He's calling us to be faithful with our money, right? He's calling us to be faithful. He's calling us to be faithful. And so if you keep on reading, it's interesting because he says, he goes on to say, each one must give as he has decided in his own heart, not reluctantly, are under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Did you know that God wants your heart this morning? Like God doesn't necessarily need your money. He doesn't need your money, but God wants your heart. God wants your heart. He loves a cheerful giver. I remember when I was, uh, when I was in college, I don't think, is my wife in here? Good. When I was in college, I remember uh, my roommate, they had this thing called get your roommate a date in college. 
And uh, I don't know if anyone else of you guys have ever gone on a blind date before. But my roommate got me a date, and I'm like, sweet. I hadn't dated a girl until that. This was like before I met Aaron, like a couple weeks before I met Aaron. I'm like, sweet, I got a date, awesome. And I was homeschooled, so, you know, I didn't have any dates other than, you know, my sisters and, you know, in, in, in high school, whatever. So I'm like, sweet, I'm going to go on this date. I get a blind date. I'm like, praise the Lord. And so I go out on this date. I remember we went bowling and somewhere else. And so I'm trying to talk to this girl, you know. I'm trying to, you know be cool and talk to her about the weather and work in the weekend or whatever, you know, just the, the three W's and we're just talking to, talking to her and you would not believe. So I'm, I'm talking to her and she's just totally blowing me off. I'm, I'm, she's, she's like answering my, my, my questions, but they're definitely one word answers and she's not asking any questions back. And it was just a totally one-sided conversation. And I began to realize slowly um, through the course of the date, and Judy, don't tell Aaron about this, okay? Through the course of the date, I realized that, that she, was, she was going through the motions, but her heart wasn't in it. Her heart wasn't in it. And uh, I realized quickly that this was going to be the only date that we were going to be on. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of sad. And um, I don't, I'm not even getting a sympathy off or anything from you guys. Um, it was kind of sad. But did you know that God, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Did you know that God wants your heart this morning? Thank you. God wants your, I did much better. Thank you. God wants your heart this morning. Thank you, Aaron. You're so much better if you're listening. Uh, God wants your heart this morning. He wants your heart this morning. In fact, in scripture, it says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. The Lord wants your heart this morning. You know, I was, I was looking in the book of Deuteronomy and um, this is kind of crazy. So, so, so uh, Moses was talking and he was laying out the guideline for the tithe in the Old Testament, which was a little bit different than the tithe in the New Testament, but, 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 but he was talking about the tithe in the Old Testament. And um, he was kind of talking about the process, and he's, he's talking to the people of Israel about the tithe. And, and, and look at this for a moment. This is interesting. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, he says, And you shall make response before the Lord your God. He says, A wandering Aramean was your father, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned, the, and, and sojourned there. Few in number, and there he became a nation, great, mighty, and populous. I think he's talking about Joseph. He's reminding them of their past. And he said, and again, he's, he's talking about giving and, and tithing, and he said, and the, and the Egyptians treated us harshly, and they humiliated us, and they laid on us hard labor. And then we cried out to the Lord. So, so we were there, we multiplied, and the Egyptians, in fact, we, we know through history that the Egyptians actually oppressed them for 400 years. 400 years of hardship, 400 years of, 400 years of oppression, 400 years of difficult work. And, and, and we cried to the Lord, And the God of our fathers, the Lord, heard our voice, saw our affliction, our turmoil, and our oppression. And again, he's talking about the tithes and offerings. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Amen? With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. With great deeds of terror, with signs and wonders. So we wandered into this land and we were oppressed by the Egyptians. We were oppressed by the Egyptians for 400 years. And the Lord heard our cry. And he came, so he's reminding the people of Israel of what they'd been through. 
I think some of us maybe not, might, might need to be reminded of what the Lord has delivered you from, right? You need to be reminded that at once you were, you know, at once you were lost, but now you're found. At once you're blind, but now you see. Like the Lord has given you life. He's given you mercy. He's given you the breath in your lungs, right? Like sometimes we have to be reminded of the goodness of the Lord. So he's talking to these people like, hey, listen, remember what you were like. Remember the oppression that you faced in Egypt. Remember the hardship. Remember the toil. Remember the relationships that you were in. Remember all those things that happened. And the Lord, he came and he rescued you. And some of us know what it's like to be rescued, amen? We know what it's like. Oh, yeah, we know what it's like to be rescued. We've, we've gone through some difficult times. And the Lord's, I love, I love that verse, his mighty right hand. It's, it's speaking of his power in his right hand. But the grace of God. And God's grace leads to his joy, which leads to generosity, which we talked about last week. Keep on reading there. And he brought us into this place and he gave us this land a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, now I bring the first fruits, he's talking about the tithe, uh, 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 of the ground, which you, O Lord, have given me. And you shall set it down before the Lord. And look at this, this is crazy. You shall set it down before the Lord and worship before the Lord your God. And you shall rejoice in all the good that the Lord has given to you and to your house to you, the Levite, and the sojourners. I can barely say that word. Sojourners. Did I say that right? Close enough. Who's among you? You're going to worship, and you're going to rejoice. Did you know this morning that God, he wants your heart? He wants your heart. He wants, he, he wants your heart this morning. Uh, and, and I would say that you know, here we are, and, and, and we're serving God, who is the greatest giver. In fact, in John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, it says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. The Lord wants your heart this morning. And I think the closer you get to God, the, the closer you see his heart, and you see his compassion, and you see his generosity, and you see, I think you, you really begin to see that we are merely strangers and aliens who are passing through, who have temporary things that can be used to bring glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God wants your heart this morning. He wants your heart this morning. He wants your heart this morning. Maybe some of you this morning say, listen, I, I, I will be a cheerful giver when God gives me more. If I had more to give, I'd be a cheerful giver. If I, but I don't have much. I have no talents. In fact, I have two left thumbs. I have no resources. I have no money. You should look at my bank. I have nothing to give. I have nothing to give. I, I, you know, I can be cheerful, but I have nothing to give. And I think that's why Paul continued to write in the next verse. He said, God is able. God is able. Look at that. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all sufficiency, in all things, at all times, you may abound in every good 
work. God is able this morning. God is able this morning. He is the one that provides seed to the sower and, 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 and food for us. God is able this morning. He's able this morning. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how to convey to you the magnitude of the provision of the Lord, but God is able, to, but God is able this morning. I think sometimes we, we, we get into this mindset of, of not enough. We say, hey, listen, when I have more, then I will be faithful. Has anyone ever been there before? If I have more, I'll just be faithful. But until I have more, I just can't be faithful. I just, I don't have enough. I, I, I just, I, I don't have enough to be faithful. I, you know, I, when I win the lottery, praise the Lord, then I will be faithful. You know, I heard some lady was in California, one like, it was like, a couple billion dollars in the lottery. Like, if I win the lottery, then I'll be faithful. Like, if, 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 if I uh, land this new job and I'm able to make six figures, then I will be faithful. Listen, when I have more time, then I will be so faithful. Like, when I, when I, when I retire, and um, then, oh my goodness, then I will be so faithful because then I'll have so much more time. I won't have to worry about work, and then I'll have so much extra time, right? All those retired people, you have so much, now they're dry, right? Like, 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 like I, I, I feel like we often get into this not enough mentality, and I think that's why he speaks here and he says, listen, God is able. God is able to provide for you. And I can say as someone who, 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 who works in finance, so I work at a bank just right up the street here, that I think not enough really is a mindset. I talk to people that have lots and lots of money in the bank who I don't have enough. I have a hundred bucks, hundred bucks is enough. I have a thousand dollars, thousand dollars is not enough. I have a million dollars, a million dollars isn't enough. Listen, when you're faithful with the small things, there's a story in uh, the New Testament, where Jesus and his disciples were looking at the people that were giving. And the rich were coming up, and they were, they were giving lots of money. And the people on the sides were looking, and they were like, ha, 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 ha. look at this person. Could you imagine that if, if we did our offering like that, where we had a, and everyone could see whatever, like, like that, that'd be wild. But they're looking, and they're, they're commenting on the people that are giving. And it says that a, 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 a lady came up, a widow, and it says that she just gave, what, the two widows' might, the, the, the two mites of the widow, just a little bit. The disciples looked at Jesus, and Jesus said to them, look, look at her, she's given more than all the others. The others gave out of their abundance, but she gave out of her poverty. It's not about the amount that you give. But it's about being faithful to the Lord. It's about being faithful to the Lord. And when you're faithful, God is able. When you step out in faith, God meets you where you're at. When you say, I don't have enough time, but, but I'm going to make time, the Lord supernaturally <laughs> provides more time. When you're faithful with the little things that you have, God blesses it. There's, there's, there's another natural principle and kingdom principle as well. 
that when you give what you have, it's multiplied. You see the, 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 the story of, of the young boy who had the two loaves and the, and, the, and the small fish. He gave what he had, and when he gave what he had, it multiplied. When you plant the seeds that you have, when it goes in the ground, it multiplies a hundred times, a thousand times what was sown, Right? It's a kingdom principle, but it's also a natural principle. And so uh, Paul is speaking to the church here, and he's like, listen, I know that, 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 that you haven't been faithful. I know that you promised that you were going to give to the church in Jerusalem, and you haven't. I know that you haven't been faithful. And I want to just encourage you that if you, if you keep on being sparing, if you keep on sowing sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you begin to be generous in what you're giving, guess what? The Lord is going to bless it because, guess what? God is able and, and if you're faithful, God is able. God is able. Now, some of you might say, listen, this sounds like a great idea. It sounds like a fantastic idea to be generous. In fact, I, I would love to be generous because if, if I am generous and, and I'm able to give much, then um, maybe by this time next year I'll be driving my Maserati. Maybe by this time next year, I will be, uh, I'll have my bank accounts full. Maybe by this time next year, I will have a mega church. Maybe by this time next year, I will be wearing my Armani suit. Maybe by this time next year, I'll have my Rolex. Maybe by this time next year, if I'm faithful, it's this natural principle and this kingdom principle. Maybe by this time next year, I, you know, who knows? And a lot of pastors have gone that way, sadly. But a lot of people have tried to go that way. But listen, he fills our barns not so that we can pump ourselves up. But look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9 through 11. And maybe you missed this. It says, as it is written, and the worship team can come back up, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. This message isn't just for the, the wealthy. His righteousness endures forever. Now take a look. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for my Maserati, for my Armani suit, for my Big building campaign for my new watch. No, he says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will multiply your seed for sowing. For sowing. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. This is what the New Living Translation says. It says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide the increase uh, and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. If you sow what you have, He'll give you more resources to sow. He'll give you more resources to bring glory to his kingdom. He'll bring you more resources to reach the lost and to reach the hurting. 
If you're looking for more time, the Lord will give, if you sow time, the Lord will give you more time to reach more people. If you give your resources, the Lord will give you more resources to reach more people. But it's not for our own kingdom. It's for his. It's not for our own ambitions. It's for his. And the crazy thing is once we begin to sow, and again, sometimes it's not like right away, but as we begin to sow, we become more generous. And we we become more like the Father. Lord, today, maybe there are some people here this morning who, um, man, they have been pursuing you. They've been following you, but, but God, perhaps they have been lacking in their generosity. And today, I just pray that you'll start to work on them and start to minister to them, Father. God, I pray that you will just... Uh, move in their hearts and move in their minds and move, move in their souls, Father. I pray that they'll realize that you are, um, that you're able and that you're faithful, God, and that, that you want our heart. You want our heart. You don't want us to be people that merely go through the motions. You don't want us to be people that, that give reluctantly or under compulsion. But God, you, you want our heart this morning. It's not about the money. It's not about the, the, the re, but, but it's about you wanting our heart this morning, Father. And it's about us being imitators of you, the ultimate giver. Uh, you, you, you gave us your son. You gave us the ultimate gift of salvation, Father. And maybe there, again, are some people here this morning that have been um, <laughs> just holding back on their generosity. They've been holding back on their time and their resources and their talents, and they've just been, maybe they've been kind of living in the not enough mentality, Father. And I just pray that you'll speak to them this morning and let them know that, that, that you are able and that you are enough, and that if they pursue you with all of their heart and with all their mind and with all their strength, that, that you, can, you will be sufficient for them in, in all things and with, and with all grace and abounding in every good work, Father. It's a, it's a promise of your scripture, Father. So as we sing this song one last time, may you be magnified and glorified.